0: Good evening, Hello. and welcome to this screening of room uh, under the auspices of the Irish Film Festival of Ottawa. And uh, I'll use the opportunity to plug the Irish Film Festival of Ottawa, which happens in the last week end of March. Uh, first weekend of April in and around that time frame every year so if this is your first experience of the Irish Film Festival of Ottawa it is one which hopefully will want you coming back and we're honored tonight to have Emma Donoghue with us here and Emma is the author of Room which is the movie you're about to see and not only is she the author of Room but she is also uh, responsible for the script because in many cases, what can happen is that the book will be written and somebody else will take it and turn it into a movie.
1: Shouldn't be allowed.
0: Shouldn't be allowed. So, welcome, Emma, and thanks a million for coming along.
1: And thanks for squeezing me in, even though I'm here at the wrong time of year, you
0: know? No, you're not the wrong time of year, because what happens is that that's kind of the regular. This is the extra special. <laughs> so, This is where you get the stage to yourself and you're not there with everybody else. It's it's all all your own territory. And talking about room, because that's what we're here for, is this the first of your works that was brought to screen?
1: Um, I had just a short film made before, so this is the first feature, yes. And I'm afraid it was such a good experience that it's left me spoiled for a future attempts. I've got many future film and TV projects going on but I noticed with all of them I'm thinking oh but it was such fun with Room because it all came together, my two countries you know I worked with an Irish company Element and then I said well make it in Canada come on Canada's a great stand in for America make it in Canada. So they did so really it was the Irish and the Canadian industries at their best making a very European style film that that still managed to get us to the Oscars so it was a fantastic experience (laughs)
0: So when you wrote The End on Room and you sent it off to the publisher and you were going through the process, did you ever anticipate that it would make it to screen or when you were writing did you have that concept?
1: would always keep that concept out of my brain while working on the novel but as soon as it was finished and sold I thought this could be a good film too and um, I thought I should write it before the book was published while things were still calm because I could tell that you know the publishers were in this kind of frenzy about the book so I thought okay before anybody else is going to bug me about it or say what they think I'll just go ahead and write the screenplay because I didn't want that job to go to anyone else so I thought well I will just write the thing myself and then not consider any conversations which include anybody else writing it.
0: Now writing a screenplay is a completely different discipline. Indeed
1: I went and got like 10 books from the university library, how to write a screenplay. (laughs) And the funny thing is a lot of the so-called rules that I picked up from those books later on in conversations with the wonderful Lenny Abrams, and he'd be like "Ah, you don't actually have to do that, no that's not a real rule, you know it's too TV or too on the nose if you do it like that. So, you know, he let me off some of those hooks, but it was, you know, I really had to train myself. I had written a lot of drama before, so I knew that principle, but cinema is a different thing. Um, And I learned so much in the process. You know, some from the stack of books, but a lot more from actually working with Lenny, and also from seeing it happen. Like, I remember one scene I'd written with um, dialogue, and, you know, Man Jack in the back, You'll see the scene and i would written this perfect speech to go with it all about she's telling the story about a mermaid so it works well with the, uh, the, the water and the bath and everything and then they filmed that without the dialogue and it worked just fine without the dialogue and I was thinking, wow, who knew that you could take all the words away and yet the DNA of the scene has remained.
0: To that end, when you put your pen to paper to write fiction every word you write has to convey an image so is that the screenplay, when you were writing the screenplay, you had to be conscious that every visual compl- so in the, as that example so is that a difficult transition to make when you're working?
1: Oh yeah, it was definitely new to me And. Um Uh, in particular uh, the pressure on timing with any of the time-based performance arts so with theatre or with radio drama or with film there's this ticking clock, how long have people been sitting down whereas a book people can take their time, they can take breaks, they can take it at their own pace with film you're always thinking how long is this lasting and there's a forward momentum so say there's, there's one thing that's in the book, a distressing story that Ma eventually tells Jack we couldn't find the right place in the screenplay for it and in the editing room I finally realized why that was because film has such a forward momentum and in mood as well as in storytelling that in the second half of the film where the, the mood is kind of turning upwards there was no one moment that it was suitable to stop and introduce another sad bit you know it would have wrecked the flow so uh, a lot of those things you could have you could have told me them as rules and I wouldn't have believe them but I actually saw it happen with Room and so I learned so much from the hands-on business of turning the book into the film.
0: You mentioned rules Um, and you know from someone sitting out there looking here or someone sitting out there who picks up a book and starts reading, I wouldn't have taken it that you were bound by rules in that context.
1: No, you're right. I I suppose with a novel, if I'm I'm teaching people how to write novels, I might talk about things like consistency, like you make your bargain with the reader. And if the bargain is that you're in the head of character A, you don't suddenly on page 300 give us one page in the head of character B. That's that's breaking your own contract. Um, But I would say literary fiction has very few rules. Film has a lot more rules. Or rather, conventions that will be in the head of all the producers and funders that you're going to encounter, so if you don't want to have a climax at some point near the end you know, you'd better come up with some good reason why not you know, you'd better have a good justification for, for breaking those conventions because they stand to lose so much money um, whereas a book is not as expensive to make as a film is and that makes all the difference
0: So it's a progressive process also because when you write a book and move from there to a screenplay and then you see that result on the screen had any of the characters ultimately morphed from what was on paper to, screen, to script to screen?
1: Yes, I would say, for instance, um, in, in the book, uh, Ma has, has quite a few family members and you meet them all. In the film, I thought, we don't want to be meeting lots of people in the second half, so, um, uh, so we, we like stripped away. She doesn't have a brother anymore. It's, it's whittled right down, and so her mother turns out to be a much... More serious character in the film than in the book. In the book, she's, she's semi-tomic almost, she's quite blundering. But once we cast Joan Allen, you know, it became a much more serious, heartfelt kind of role. Um, so, so, yeah, quite a few characters morph. Or again, in the book, um, um, Ma turns out to have a, a, a dad and then uh, the mother's new husband who she's never met before. Again, in the film, um, um, each of them sort of took on a different kind of emotional value so, so yeah I would say you have to enjoy the fact that book and film are different if you want to do the adaptation business at all you have to have a positive relish for the fact that they're different media
0: now after a screening it often happens, people will leave the cinema and they'll make a comment Was well, I much preferred the book or I much preferred the film given that you have a uh, win-win you, for me it's win-win it's come for up you. and
1: they assure me that the book was so much better than the film or vice versa and I say thank you <laughs> but really, you know, really with the film I feel most of the credit goes to Lenny Abramson and then after that a lot goes to Brie Larson and Jake like if we hadn't found that kid in Vancouver you know, and he pretty much had to be Canadian because we'd, we were allowed to and a bit Americans under Canadian film rules so um, our bit American was William H. Macy is technically a cameo role and then with Brie Larson and Joan Allen as our two Americans so if we'd had to get an American child we would have had to ditch one of the uh, one of the American adults so um, yeah Jake Trombley under the, the careful tutelage of, of Lenny Abramson gave an astonishingly natural performance you know if he was one of these kids who just seem like they're turning on the charm in a crazy kind of way the film would have been ruined so i feel such so many aspects of the film the credit goes to other people it doesn't feel like i own it the way i own the book you
0: You mentioned that when you finish one project you have numerous other projects going on and the current project the kin that has just been published do you see that ultimately coming to screen. Well
1: again, I didn't while I was writing it, but it has been suggested since. So yeah, I'm perfectly open to, to, to rethinking it. You know, the great thing is film is such a totally different medium. You know, it's, it's made of light, it's made of faces and um, it's, it's more precise in some ways it shows you what things look like but the psychology is more a matter of, of, of you guessing what these people feel and you projecting your emotions onto their huge lit up faces so um, you know it's, it's just made of different stuff from a book and can bring out totally different aspects of the same story
0: Now we did talk about film, we did talk about book you did mention you wrote drama you never mentioned you wrote poetry but I understand <laughs> <laughs> you are a poet from a very young age
1: It's funny, I don't write poetry in my adult life at all, but it was all I wrote from about age 7 to about 19. So I do think it's the best possible training for any writer, because it makes you pick your words really, really carefully
0: indeed and then being the youngest in a family of eight also means you pick your words very carefully
1: (laughs) I used to sit there waiting for a gap in the conversation so I could jump in with my two cents about Margaret Thatcher or whatever the topic of the day was you know sometimes I'd jump in two minutes late and they'd look at me like what's the delay here you know (laughs) So yes, it was a very
0: competitive conversation. So Emma, we don't want to delay people from watching the room, but is there anyone who has a burning question that they want to put to Emma before we finish up? And maybe we'll allow two questions. I see someone down at the back. And you'll need to, to shout it out, Patricia. Yes. and what's being asked is if Emma had any input into the casting and the choice factor.
1: I did have input, I didn't try and use you know, my power to, to decide on anything because that, it would be perverse to try and um, mess up the directors ownership of the film but it was a very unusual deal I did with them, I sort of co-developed the project with Elements and um, I didn't sell them the right until the first day of filming so I was very involved in all those discussions and we were all watching films that featured any woman between 20 and 30, you know. And a couple of us had seen Short Term 12 in particular, and, and so Bree's name started to emerge very early on. Um, but it was all these things were ultimately Lenny's call, but they did things like they would then um, get video auditions of lots of children and they would pass the best ones on to me. So they shared stuff with me that in the Hollywood sort of system, they're not sharing with the writer at all. Um, again, they would send me uh, the, the rushes each day at the end of the day. So even when I wasn't there, I, we were mostly filming in Toronto and I lived down in London, Ontario. So I got there, once a week but they'd send me all the rushes so they they involved me in a thrillingly intimate way and i realize now how lucky i was because i met a screenwriter from um, straight out of compton and she said to me were you allowed to contact your director like directly i was like he was at my kitchen table you know it was like a little group of pals making a film together which is just not how it is in the studio system so it left me with a, a strong liking for the kind of intimacy of indie film rather than hollywood
0: any other questions? Or are we ready to dim the lights and uh, put on the... What? I wish
1: I could stay. I cry every time. <laughs> there are three spots, but I always cry out. Um, I'm sorry I can't say. I have to be driven to Kingston tonight. So I have duties. But um, I really, really hope to enjoy it.
0: Big applause for Emma Dunningham. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much.